Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language, and we're here your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Hello, and welcome to the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Wilcox. Today, uh, Steve is unfortunately out. He's on the physically unable to perform list with a uh, lost voice, which is kind of tough when you're trying to record a pod. So today we have producer Perry, Perry Wagoner, the best in the biz, joining the pod. Perry, how's it going today, man? I'm happy to report that my voice is at as good as it can be. It's not going to be Steve. Uh, you know, it's not even going to be half of Steve, but um, it might be better than a fourth of Steve. So we're going to give it a try. Right now. Well, how was your weekend, man? It's good. Really good. Uh, got the second vaccine shot. So I'm not vaccinated yet. Get it done. Uh, it's good. Move. Excellent. I should note that Steve, the good Samaritan that he is, immediately went and got a rapid COVID test to ensure there wasn't anything more than a lost voice and, and he's okay. So he should be back on air next week. Um, today, just a couple of housekeeping items and then Perry and I are going to be getting into our top five favorite random trailblazers, which should be a bizarre list and I really can't wait. Oh, yeah. And so Perry, you know, we're kind of in the doldrums of the off season. We got a couple weeks here to training camp. Uh, there were a couple cool things kind of going on right now. The first one being that former Blazers coach Rick Adelman was inducted in the NBA Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I didn't know that he got a start at Chemeketi Community College, but yeah. his uh, acceptance speech is really cool. It's only about 11 minutes long. You can find it on YouTube. And he talks about all the faith that Dr. Jack Ramsey placed him as a young coach. Talked about some of those old Drexler-led teams. So um, if you guys haven't seen it, I'd recommend giving it a giving it a watch it was kind you of a was, cool you said it was 11 minutes history. yep pretty tight. So they didn't like they didn't cut them off or anything or start playing like like <laughs> two minutes into his no they let him go they let him go so <laughs> uh the other thing that this is near and dear to my heart because i feel like the end of blazer games and all nba games for that matter take far too long uh the nba is voting on changing the out of bounds reviews where it would have to be triggered by a coach's challenge in the last two minutes of the games and no longer 
automatically triggered um, four officials to review. My first thoughts are, thank you, God. Uh, we need to speed up the end, and I just feel like it gets so clunky towards the end of games. So I feel like that's a good move on the league's part to step up and, and make a change there where they you know, saw something slowing down towards the end of games. Yeah, there's definitely been lots of games where you know the outcome, and uh, sometimes the players do, they, you know, they want to take the victory where they can get it, even if they're losing. Um, but I think giving that or putting that in the coach's hands, I think a lot of the times they're going to, going to let it go, especially if the game's out of reach. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the Church of Roy called Spotify Green Room. Green Room is a live audio only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. All right, man, it's time. Top five favorite random trailblazers. And so these are just some guys that have really spoke to Perry and I over the years. Um, Really, our selection criteria was that they could not be impact guys and that they just brought us joy in some way. And so Mm -hmm. you and I are probably going to have very different lists. And, you know, I think our reasons could even change. I know my reasons for including guys change on a player by player basis. It could be, you know, their production in limited minutes. It could be their playing style, intentional and unintentional comedy purposes. It's really kind of open to whatever you, whatever you feel like. So, um, you know, we sat down and really used an extremely precise and scientific method to determine the cutoff. This has actually been years in the making. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't even know it, but it has been without a doubt. And so the beacon of, of this top five list is the professor Andre Miller. And so not only is he a cult favorite by fans everywhere for his old man game and uh, his low post trickery at, at six, two or whatever it was, but we, we, I love, love that guy. We just kind of wanted to say, okay, Andre Miller's on court impact. That's about the ceiling of what we're looking at. And we're going to look at guys to who, uh, you know, came in a little below that bar that, that the professor set for the Trailblazers in his two years with the team. So taking all that in, I think we're off and running, Perry. Who's your, who's your number five? Okay, well, I'm starting it off hot with a package deal. And I'll just say that most of these are story-related. So basically I went through, you know, from, I guess, last year and working my way back uh, and found guys that I had a memory of, something random, um, so this first one is actually Kashim Thabit and Johnny Flynn. Ooh. I know, I know. So they made I the like rainy Portland, yeah, in 2012. Um, so let, let me set the scene because it's a rainy early spring day. I'm in the I'm in the parking lot of a Joanne's Fabrics. I'll just say it. That's where I'm at. Uh, and the news has been flooding in today because I think Gerald Wallace got traded that day. That's when uh, Nate McMillan got fired. And actually, that that whole sequence uh, in March including the trade that got us Hashim Thabit and Johnny Flynn um, sending out Marcus Camby uh, was kind of the catalyst to then get Terry Stotts and get Damian Lillard. So in hindsight, uh, that's actually, it was a pretty good couple days for Portland, but in the moment you got Hashim Thabit and you got Johnny Flynn who at the time had only been in the league. I think they're both from the 2009 draft guys around them were Blake Griffin, James Harden, Steph Curry, 
uh, even Ricky Rubio. Uh, so these were kind of the two beacons of draft bustery. Uh, but together, they played around 13 games each for the Blazers. I didn't have much of an impact, uh, but I do love that they were on the team. Uh, and, you know, after that year, we get Neil Olshay, who actually becomes the pioneer of, of always getting draft busts. So you fired a regime and then brought in a new one that actually did probably one of the things that pissed you off. He does the most. So it's too sweet. I was, I was waiting to hear what year that was because it does sound like an old shape move to kind of hit on the post-hype high lottery pick and see if you can't kind of craft them into an NBA player after they've maybe underperformed in another market. So <laughs> I love the start. This is kind of what I was hoping for. Yeah. My number five, and I'm going to butcher some names today, so don't hold it against me, listeners, but I have Ha Song Ji, who spent two years with Portland – Two years in the league total, 2004 to 2006. He was with Portland during some kind of weird years. It was like when Mo Cheeks got fired. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Pritchard was... Pritchard was taking over as, as like an interim coach. He's kind of a bridge from the Jailblazers to the Roy Aldridge era. Strange time in Rip City. And this was a strange player. He was 7'3", 305 pounds, first and only South Korean to play in the NBA. The reason he makes my list is because of a classic John Canzano story about him getting in a fight with some random second-round pick named Nedzad Sinanovich. That's a showdown. Yes, yes. So check this out. Nedzad never walked on the court for Portland, but he was in camp. And he was also this massive dude at 7'3 250 pounds. And basically, these guys were shooting free throws together after a practice. Somehow, this South Korean and this, I believe, Croatian, or I think he might have been Bosnian, get into a brawl while they're sitting on one hoop shooting free throws together. Ended up on the floor throwing blows, punches are thrown. Um, Ha gets hit in the face and is just yelling like, I'm going to sue, I'm going to sue, and all this crazy shit, right? So the fight is broken up by Blazers staffers. They're sent to different areas of the practice facility. Well, they put Ha in the weight room, and he grabbed one of those wooden poles you used to, like, pop your back before you left. Mm -hmm. And just went after this Ned Zad guy and was just taking swings at him. And finally someone ripped the pole from his hands and threw it across the gym. So just one of those little weird stories that I'd kind of forgotten about. But when I think about it, it really makes me smile. And I really have more questions than anything about that altercation. Yeah, I mean, you said all that and I forgot what his name was. I don't remember what you said his name was. You've said a lot since then. Ah Song Ji. Nice. I think. I think. Yeah, that's sort of like a Tanya Harding sort of situation, it sounds like. There's a little a- bit. Yeah, there's some yeah. serious bad blood. Yeah. Was pretty well, pretty wild. All right, man, who you got for number four? Here we go. Number four is Anthony Tolliver. Now, <laughs> Anthony Tolliver had two stints with the Blazers. One was very short, very short. I think, believe it was, he played two games probably 10 years ago. And they're both pretty unmemorable. I remember him from a couple years ago when he got traded to Sacramento. But I wanted to slip the story in because of something that just happened recently. So I was driving through rural Indiana. I went to school in Indiana, go Butler Bulldogs. 
I was driving through rural Indiana, not a lot, there's a lot of cornfields. It was a foggy, cold February night and about 11 p.m. My eyes were sort of hazy, but I was approaching this billboard that was out in the middle of nowhere, right? So I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm not really thinking, I'm just driving. And what it was advertising, I don't remember. But as I was driving closer, it appears that there's going to be a basketball player on this billboard. As we get closer, he's wearing a red jersey. There's no text on it, but it's red. And then I get, I get up to it and I pass it and I realize that it's Anthony Tolliver in a, in a basically a blazer uniform, but they've crowd, they've edited out where the blazers is. But I kid you not, it was Anthony Tolliver. Uh, and to this day, I don't know why it was there. Uh, I don't know if he's getting royalties off it. I doubt it. Uh, so Mr. Tolliver, if you're listening, call the ad cancel, ad cancel of America uh, and get some money for that. What did the billboard say? I, I don't, I don't remember because I was so in shock that it was Anthony Tolliver. It's one of those moments where that's you're fair. That's fair. something and then by the time you get to it, you have like one second to process it. It might've been, might've been direct TV or something like that. But uh, if it was a big company like that, you'd think that Anthony Tolliver would okay it. So maybe he does know. I don't know. I just picked, I just picture some guy out there. They're like, Hey, Bob Tolliver was <laughs> traded. You got to grab the red paint. You got to, you got to paint <laughs> over the, you got to paint over the blazers. No, we don't have the budget for blazers that. Jersey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't repaint it. Just paint over the blazers. Piece. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> okay. I got a deep cut for you here. Right. Walt, the wizard Williams played uh and see this is a little old for your blood probably yeah. my friend he played in a uh, 97 98 seasons for portland uh it's basically the seventh seventh man and the guy just came in and stuck threes at a 40 percent clip which you know weren't a whole lot of shooters like that in the late 90s um nine-ish points per game and not much else but he had good size super sweet shooting stroke was just kind of smooth out there and he rocked the knee-high white socks which is not a look I'd ever be able to pull off with. I have like ham hocks for calves. I could never do it, but I just respected it. And he, I just thought he was cool as hell. Um, as young Brian was a big wizard fan, Walt the wizard, that is not the, not the franchise. He's actually part of the trade in 99 to get Scotty Pippen on the squad. So he was a valuable contributor in, yeah. in that regard. And a couple other fun facts about Walt. He, uh, in 1996, he appeared in the, uh, basketball film classic Eddie starring Whoopi Goldberg. He made an appearance in that. Of course he did. And even stranger, he appeared in the Hootie and the Blowfish music video for the number one hit song, Only Want to Be With You. That's per <laughs> Wikipedia. I did not I did I did not check this for myself, but I thought that was interesting. I believe you. Of what I know of Walter Wizard, which is the last two minutes of, of you talking. <laughs> <Not a lot. laughs> I think that fits with what I know. Yeah. He's a he's a Maryland legend. So uh, mm. if you like look Steve at his Lincoln. highlights, yeah, correct. Uh, you look at his highlights; it's a lot of a lot of terrapin action. So nice, We'd love to see that. All right, I'm going number three. Is someone who teeters on the Andre Miller scale, where he maybe is slightly more memorable, and but he wasn't as on the team as long. So that's Channing Frye. Um, mm. And it was a pretty short set. I think he was on the team for three years and he's become really popular uh, in sports media. Uh, and it's because he's likable and he's charismatic. And I liked him at the time he's on the Blazers. Uh, and I always, I always think that at that time there weren't as many stretch fours or fives in the league. Uh, it was still dominated by a lot of traditional big men uh, in the late 2000s. So I think that 
barring with with injuries, if he was in today's NBA in his prime, I think we could be looking at a much better career for Channing. And he still carved himself out a pretty good uh, career there with LeBron at the end. Uh, and then my, my story behind that is that I was sick and a family friend brought, brought over a gift for me because I was bedridden. I was like a cold, I think. Uh, and it was a Channing fried bobblehead uh, presented oh, by Wells Fargo, of course. I remember that. And I, I loved it. My sister one day, a couple weeks later, walked in and looked at it. She was like, who is this? Because he, you know, in a bobblehead, he doesn't have necessarily super distinguishable, you know, features. Uh, and I was like, oh, it's Channing Fry. And he's like, she's like, oh yeah, I know him. He's super cute. So from then on, Channing Fry uh, was and still is known as my sister's undying NBA heartthrob. <laughs> and I don't know if there's any other one people out there who feel that same way. Uh, if you do, you, you're on the right pod. Hey guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> niche market. That's a really good call, man. Fry was a very like, he's always a good interview, I think. And, and by all accounts, like a super great guy. And that's probably why he's working in sports media now. Also, I don't know if it's his nickname or just some weird phrase he coined, but the buffet of goodness was something mm -hmm. that's been attached to his name. I can't remember if he said it or if he coined that nickname for himself, but it's probably worth a Google once we get off the, get off the phone. Sure. So my third guy is also a guy who is now in sports media, uh, Greg Anthony. Nice. Played 97, 98, 99 for Portland. You know, he was a contributor that year. We unfortunately lost the Blazers, or sorry, to the Lakers in the conference finals. Um, he's obviously now known more for being an analyst than a basketball player. When I see the guy, I still think of the scrappy backup point guard for some of those really good Portland teams. I uh, really did come off the bench pretty exclusively, but the dude was just a hard-nosed defender. And those were back kind of in the hand-checking days when you could really just like, you know, like beat the shit out of dude's wrists and hands. And, and, and he was he was excellent at it. He was just hard-nosed. Mm -hmm. And a uh, little Pat Bev to his game without the all the, you know, bluffing and puffing. He, he was just a good, solid defender. And really, he couldn't shoot for most of his career, but with Portland, he managed to shoot about 39% from three on almost three attempts a game. So, you know, I would take Greg Anthony on the trailblazers right now in a heartbeat. If you could put him in the hot tub time machine, bring him back. I think he'd be a great backup and, you know, father of Cole Anthony. So a oh, yeah. uh, little different player, but uh, the, the Anthony name lives on. And I just really enjoyed watching him come off the bench and just play just rugged, rugged defense for some really good Portland teams. I love that. Yeah, I would take Cole Anthony on the Blazers too. Yeah, I'd take him right now, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, all right, my number two. So I'm going to set the scene again. It's a brisk fall day, October 2009. <laughs> I remember I was, going. I was, I, was, I was in Joanne's Fabric parking lot. <laughs> yeah, no, this time I was at a place that's a little more, like, a little more uh, topical. I was in the Rose Garden um, and Jeff Ayers, or the formerly or the basketball player formerly known as Jeff Pendergraft uh, was right. on the cover of the program that day. Um, now the memory of 
the game escapes me. I don't know who they were playing or what the result was, but all I know is that the next day I was at the Nike employee store and Greg Oden was there. And that there was like this front, you know, frenetic sort of like get something, let's get him, get it, get something signed. Um, and I remember that I had this program in my car or in the car uh, still from the night before. So I ran out, got this Jeff Ayers program that they had handed out at the game the night before uh, and not thinking about maybe finding in the program a story about Greg because he was big at the time or even like his little like player bio. I just had him sign the front and I thought at the time it was going to be worth some money, but clearly neither of those guys, e either part of the combination, whether it be a Jeff Ayers, Jeff Pendergraft program or a signed Greg Oden program didn't work out. And somehow the two combined make, to me, make it even worse. Um, and he only played 39 games with the Blazers, but in his, Is that final, it? that's it. But in his final regular season game, he had 23 points uh, season high, doubling his season high. Uh, so he knows how to end it with style. Well, I have one comment. I think that Jeff Ayers or Pendergraft as he was known on the Blazers would, I thought he was going to be a serviceable backup big, maybe play a little four, a little five. I yeah. liked him as a prospect. I think and what then, happened is that he tore something um, going into the next year and we had to cut him. So that's not a blazer fable for you. Yeah. You know tales of oldest time. Yep. And then, so along with that comment, I have a question. Do you still have the program? Somewhere I do. I have these, these like, you know, plastic little drawers that have like cards in them uh, and tickets and programs. Uh, it's there somewhere. I also have a, a, a blazer program signed by Tyson Chandler when he was on the Hornets, on the, on the New Orleans Hornets. So um, there's all that, there's sorts of goodies, all sorts of goodies in there that um, probably add up to three or $4 worth of cash. I think, I think you should donate the Pentagraph game program with the Odin uh, autograph to the, to the pod. And then <laughs> it can join, Steve told me that he got me a signed John Crotty card. Wow. Uh, you, you probably don't even know who the nope. hell that is. But nope. he, was this, what, he was this point guard who nearly made my list, but didn't play. He only played for the Blazers for like a year and a half. But he looked like a guy that you'd see mowing the lawn in a suburban neighborhood. And that was about <laughs> it. But he was a point guard for Portland for a bit. And Steve said he got me an autographed uh, tops card or something mm -hmm. uh, of him. And I've, I've yet to see it. So. That reminds me, but if, if if I ever see it, I'm donating that to the pot as well. So the pot we'll have a little memorabilia section. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this just is, in case this we got we need a quick cash influx. <laughs> we need to buy Chipotle or something. We can sell yeah. that stuff. All right, man. My number two, Stacy Ogman. Mm. He was on the Blazers from '96 to 2001, and which is you know really good run in Portland Trailblazer basketball through there. Um, kind of on that Greg Anthony time frame where they were really contending or at least had the had the uh talent to compete every year he was a 17 minute game guy five points five points three boards and assists and a steal and kind of just the eighth man for all those tough teams nicknamed the plastic man Ooh. which is an excellent nickname and you know growing up I, I watched a lot of trailblazers basketball with my dad and for some reason, my dad always referred to Stacey Ogman as the Twister, which I also thought was a rad nickname. Nice. And uh, I think he just started calling him that because he'd fly around and just cause chaos. It's just kind of his playing style. 
And so I always enjoyed when he'd come in, one, because he'd lock guys up, and two, my dad would get all pumped up about the twister mm-hmm. coming in. And that, you know, that made young Brian just happy. So Stacy Ogman, another guy I'd like sitting, you know, as the 10th guy on this team to be able to come in and lock some dudes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you ever seen, like, the, the memes that are, like, what table are you going to sit at? Like there's like a group of players, you know, I feel like your list of players might be a little more interesting than mine. <laughs> I don't know. Ha might try to fight somebody with a stick yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over, over, over a roll or a gin and tonic or something. All right. All right, man. Who's your, who's your numero uno? My number one, he's, this guy was scrappy. He could shoot the three. Um, and before he was a huge key part of the Spurs dynasty, late in that dynasty, uh, he was Blazer, and that is Patty Mills, drafted in late in the second round uh, in 09. So I got one more story, so I'm going to set the scene. Uh, the days of Chalupa were still aplenty, and uh, they had 98. I remember them well. Yeah, yeah, the chance. They had 98 points, so the Rose Garden was obviously humming. I will never forget. So I wanted my Chalupa Supreme, and so there's about two seconds left. Uh, Patty Mills gears up for a three and there's a whistle and he stepped out of bounds, stepped out of bounds, ball game ends. The other team passes it in. The crowd was not happy. So some of you may remember this happening. If maybe you were there, maybe you watched it. Um, but I did some sleuthing. It took me well, maybe like half an hour, but on February 1st, 2010, the Blazers beat the Bobcats 98 to 79. So I looked at the, the, the play by play, and at 1.9 seconds, there's a Patty Mills turnover. It doesn't say what that no. turnover is, but I bet all the Chalupas in Australia that that turnover was not a bounce call. So you're telling me, well, I might dig a little deeper on this. <laughs> Do you think Patty Mills was intentionally disrupting free <laughs> Chalupas for the fans? Just is he just wants to see the world burn? Just is- aging in chaos? We could even say maybe him and Taco Bell were in cahoots. Maybe they were in a tough oh. financial place and they couldn't afford giving away 18,000 free chalupas the next afternoon or that night. Uh, and they maybe called on, on Patty to mess it up. Damn. Does Patty get a little, little kickback from, from the bell? Young, young spec rounder? No? Yeah, he's maybe taking a free little food? to go to the Nets. I mean, I think he still could be living off that royalty. Who knows? Damn. So well, we that's get- a really good choice. Patty Mills is a fun blazer. He'd always come in and show like flashes, you know what I mean? And like <laughs> it was cool to see him go to the Spurs and really oh, yeah. really make an impact over there. So yep. yeah, I forgot about him. That's that's a good kick blast from the past. What you got? Well, I cheated. Um my last one, Bonzi Wells. Mm. I I think he had a bigger on court impact than Andre Miller. Um time. You know, hasn't been kind to Bonzi in some ways. Um, he's a swing man for the Blazers from 98 until he was traded in the 03 04 season to Memphis. His best year was 01 02, started next to Damon, Stoudemire, Pippen, mm. Rasheed Wallace, and Dale Davis, and chipped in 17 points a game, which kind of a little more than on the Miller, but kind of one of the poster boys of the Joe Blazers era. I was young and I just loved the Blazers no matter what. So, you know, he kind of leaned into the bad boy image, and I thought it was hilarious. I've heard him speak more recently, and he sounds like a pretty good guy, but, you know, he's got some transgressions that haven't aged well. Just looking at his Wikipedia page, 
Um, I'm not going to get into them here because this is a positive pod today. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to gloss over a couple of, of things he did as a young man that I'm sure he's matured out of now. So the reason I have Bonzi number one is first of all, excellent name. That's, it's almost like a, he's mm-hmm. the Shuttlesworth booby miles type movie name where yep. you could see him being the hot shot young blue chip athlete in a, in a, in a, you know, B movie. And so I loved his playing style. The guy was built like a bowling ball and just used it to his advantage. He shot a lot of jumpers, but everyone did back then. Um, He's fearless attacking the basket though. And as noted by the Andre Miller beacon of, of our top five random players, I'm a sucker for guards that post up and just go down there and and throw their ass around. And so Mm -hmm. Bonzi was an expert at that. Probably his highlight as a Blazer was dropping 45 against the Mavericks in the first round of the 2003 playoffs. They actually upset a Drew Nowitzki and Steve Nash Mavs team that year as a six seed. They're the three seed. So it's just kind of had that Paul, Paul Pierce athleticism. You know what I mean? December. And so I always liked Bonzi. Uh, when he watched it out of the NBA, I think large part due to conditioning character issues, he went over to China and dropped 48 in his debut. And it must have, he must have had a good impact over there because in 2019, Bonzi served as a sports envoy to China for the U.S. Wow. State Department's Sports Diplomacy Office. Wow. So, That's you want to talk one. about a, a, redemp- a redemption arc <laughs> yeah. from the jailblazers to the U.S. State Department, blazer legend Bonzi Wells. Wow. That's fantastic. So to review mine is Hashim Tabit and Johnny Flynn, package deal, Anthony Tolliver, Shannon Fry, Jeff Ayers, formerly known as Jeff Pendergraf, and Chalupa Man himself, Patty Mills. It was a fantastic list. I had Ha Song Ji, I think. I apologize for any mm-hmm. pronunciation issues there, which I'm sure are present. Walt the Wizard Williams, Craig Anthony, Stacey Ogman, and Bonzi Wells. Now. Who do you think wins in a straight-up game between the two five-man units? Oh, goodness. These are two different eras. I will say that I have six guys and you have five. So even just oh, the presence of Hashim to be as an extra sixth guy, I think would probably give me the edge. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Depends on what, what Anthony Tolliver we're getting. Depends on uh, – yeah. I mean, if Patty Mills is, – is Blazer Patty Mills? Is he – I mean, I guess he would be. Uh, but – with sheer numbers, I think, I think I would run away with it. <laughs> I think I'm taking you too. Uh, I don't have a lot of shooting other than the wizard. Mm-hmm. He'd have to chuck probably 12 threes. He'd probably make 10, but you know, mm-hmm. anyway, well, Perry it was fun. Pretty short one today, but yeah. I enjoyed that random ass list of blazers and it was good talking to you, man. We, we kept it pretty light today. Yeah. Pretty, uh, tight little pod here as the season starts to it's getting closer and closer here we'll be doing some deep dives um, as a team to kind of do some previews and look at some training camp battles and Mm -hmm. some other things coming up this is just a light pod for you this week so hope you enjoyed it thank you as always for listening perry anything before we get out of here man well just as steve says you know five stars apple podcasts subscribe to the pod uh that's all i got thanks for having me on You bet, man. Thanks for all you do. See you next week.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Greenroom every Saturday bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.